It's either I stay here and grind in misery or I quit. The only way out is quitting. And there is, that is not the only option. And that's, you know, that's why I came in. How can we prevent people from burning out doing what they love? You're listening to In It. This is for anyone who is in the trenches, in the process and pursuit of a life fully lived. And I want you to know that I'm with you. I'm your host, Lindsay Plebiak. Let's do this. I'm so excited for you guys to be tuning in today to hear from my personal business mentor and coach, the Kristen Boss. Kristen is a motivational speaker and author, and I'm sure that you have come across her incredible podcast, Purposeful Social Selling. It's a top marketing podcast on Apple. She has a best-selling book that is currently out called Pivot to Purpose, and I have to tell you that it is the most stunning thing that I've read in a really long time. She's incredibly gifted at sales, marketing, and mindset, and more than anything, the person that I attribute my journey in finding sustainable success and how to create it. And I'm so excited that you are going to be able to hear from her today. Before we dive in, I want to take you back to where I was when I first found Kristen. I actually had a teammate send me her podcast back in November, right around Thanksgiving. And as I was listening, I said to myself, I don't know who this chick is, but what she is offering is some of the best advice that I had heard in so long. And for the first time, it felt like this glimmer of hope in a season that I desperately needed it. She was dead on in all of her messaging and what she was sharing. Only two months after listening to her podcast, I saw that she was offering a six-figure mastermind. We had just bought our home. (laughs) I had spent a crap ton of money. And the last thing that I felt like I could do at that moment, just two months after we had closed on our house, was to make another significant investment into a business coach. But if I was honest with myself, I was on the verge of quitting. I was beyond burned out. I felt very hopeless and I did not have the next steps to move forward, but I knew that she did. And I knew that this was my best shot at coming out of it. And that is where I found you, KB. Yeah. I've had several people come like about to walk away from, we're talking million dollar businesses about to walk away. It was either get the coach or walk away. So you're not the only one. Why do you think it gets to that point before somebody says, hey, this has to change? Because I don't think they see another way. There is uh, an experience that's taught that is, I think, can be overglorified. And and when you don't see somebody showing you another option or another way, and you've only experienced your business in one way, it's very easy to think this is it. This This is what I have to do forever and ever. If I want this income, it comes with all of these things. And you start to feel very locked into a business that you start to grow resentment towards not, and and something you once deeply, deeply loved. And then when you are feeling depleted on every level, you're not resting, you're not even enjoying it. You're 
losing your, you know, luster for life, so to speak. Um, and it starts to feel like this heavy, heavy thing in your life. Uh, that's when people start looking at like, maybe this isn't worth it. You get to, you get to a threshold and this just doesn't happen just in network marketing. It happens with coaches. It happens with entrepreneurs is they get to a threshold where the income they could be making millions is no longer worth the emotional experience, the mental experience that they are having alongside of that income if they don't know a different way. So yeah, it's a lot of people think, well, it's either I stay here and grind in misery or I quit. The only way out is quitting. And there is, that is not the only option. And that's, you know, that's why I came in. That's where I, you know, I came in with my offer in my business being like, how can we prevent people from burning out doing what they love and losing? I don't want people to lose love for the business. How can we keep them in this sustainably without them hating their life? I know. And I think for me, you know, I observed just this hustle and intensity amidst such a very intense time. Yeah. You know, hustling, you've talked about this in your book, how like hustling will get us where we're trying to go, but we can't keep it because the pace at which we're operating is so intense. Coming out of the last two years, you know, that was just a lot to go through. And what I've observed is that this is a different season now. And it requires and calls for different things. I truly believe that as business owners, we really do need to make active shifts because what we did before, it's not working now because this is a different season and it's requiring something different. There are shifts that need to be made for the season. What do you think that those are? Yeah, there's a lot of ways I can answer that. But what I can say is we have to recognize that we are now in a post-pandemic world. And so the psychology of the buyer is very different than the psychology of the buyer in 2020 and 2021. And I think at the time in 2020, you know, I joke about it, but it's very true. Is like people came to the business model out of convenience. They came to it out of boredom. They came to it out of like, oh, I have nothing else going on. I'm not, you know, carting my kids to soccer practices, balancing all these things. Like why not, you know, sell this product online? Why not make some money online? you know, they were either building businesses or making sourdough bread. Like it's, it's the <laughs> truth of it. It's like, you know, and for some people they found, they found something they loved. They found like this missing ingredient in their life and they found purpose. And they're like, I actually really love this. And they needed the catalyst of the pandemic to drive them to a decision. And they saw like, this is amazing. But then what we are seeing now shifting in, you know, especially in 2022, because 2021, I think we were still the post the pandemic mindset was still kind of there. Um, 2022, we are, you know, we're well and fully out of it, so to speak. Um, you know, our kids are back in schools. My kids aren't wearing masks to school. So in a sense, we have returned to quote unquote normal or our pre-pandemic existence. So, which means the buyer psychology is different, which means people aren't joining the business model for convenience or, you know, emergency or dire circumstances in, in the way that they were in 2020. So in a sense, marketing has to change how you talk to your audience, how you're talking about the business model. You have to talk about it sustainably. And what happened was, is the reason why we're seeing kind of what I'm going to call a market correction and network marketing. And it doesn't need to be a problem. I don't want people to hear that and go into an alarm and be like, oh my God, this is, it's all falling apart. No, what's happening is a little bit of a market correction. The market, our, you know, industry network marketing saw a massive, massive, massive surge in 2020. People flooded the market. 
you know, cause think about it, even, even buyers, um, their experience was different. They weren't going to grocery stores. They were, you know, people were a lot more health conscious. They're thinking, okay, I need cleaner products in my home. I need to do these things or, you know, everyone they're not going out so much. So everyone's wearing active wear 90% of the time versus now they might be wearing it 20% of the time. Doesn't need to be a problem, but we need to be aware. Okay. What's happening in the market? What's happening with our buyers? And so we saw this massive surge in 2020. And because we saw a lot of people come to the business, maybe out of boredom, maybe out of convenience, maybe they were sold because there was such massive momentum in 2020. They caught this idea of like, wow, fast money overnight, which might've been the experience during the pandemic because of the buyer psychology. Suddenly, like selling, I'm going to say like selling was a different experience in the pandemic. You, you know, you can blink your eyes and sell three pairs of active, active wear leggings because that's what they're wearing all the time. And so what's happening now is there's a correction in the market where people are realizing, oh, now, now this takes work. Now I have to actually, you know, engage with people differently. I have to network. Like I actually have to do the mechanics of network marketing. I don't get to act as a passive affiliate and expect, you know, millions of dollars to flood my account. Now I have to actually work with intention. I have to treat this as a job. I have to prioritize this around other things in my life, such as, you know, toting my kids to and from school, navigating homework and travel, like suddenly the business model is no longer convenient. So what we did see was we saw the industry kind of shake out people that came to the business for fun and as a hobby. And when it came to the work, when they realized I have to work this, it shook out some of those people. And they're like, this isn't actually what I want. And a lot of people can freak out about that, or they can realize, great, maybe I had a, a team filled with people that had a COVID you know, pandemic mindset. Now I need to build a team with a more sustainable mindset that has more long-term reasons to stay in this business than something that's a short-term reason, like a pandemic. It only lasted, you know, one, two years, well, two years really. And so now we're having to market differently and talk about more long-term reasons why someone would choose this business model and why it's still relevant for them now. So those are just a couple of the changes that come front of mind right away. Being someone that's currently in the field right now, you know, what's interesting for me is that, you know, I found reflecting on the last two years that it was very easy to win in a winning time. This year reminds me a lot of 2018. And that year was very adverse and challenging for me in a lot of ways. And I definitely think that, you know, there's different factors playing into this season. And, you know, for me, I would argue that this is a season of, you know, challenge and that, you know, creating momentum in this season is not necessarily the easiest thing, but it is currently my task at hand. I think the thing that's just really fascinating is when I reflect back on the two years, even though there was circumstances that were adverse outside, there was so much deep belief within the work. And I think that it's kind of been reversed this year. And I'm going to explain momentum to you in a way that you maybe have never heard before. A lot of people think of momentum as like, Hey, here's the circumstance. Here's what's going on. It's when our team is hitting incentives It's when we're hitting bonuses and we're all just on a roll and we're getting customers and recruiting. It's like, woo, it's a party. What moment, what momentum is, is it's actually a product of group psychology. It's group think it's when you have the mass believing in the, in the inevitability of a particular goal. It's when you have group psychology, a group of people all believing a similar thing. And because they have 
unified thought and they're in unified group think they therefore have unified group behavior and they create unified group results. So what's happened is what you might and how that worked out in the pandemic is you had a large group of people all in agreement. Everybody was in agreement. Everybody wants to buy things online right now. Everyone was in agreement. Everybody wants to start a business online right now. And because they were in an agreement around the pandemic, everybody saw the circumstance and they had easier access to the belief. People want this. People want to throw their money at me. This is the best thing that's ever happened. This is the best business model that's ever happened. And because you have group think, everyone on board with that, everyone thinking, look at this, it's amazing. You created the group result. Now, suddenly when the circumstance changes, now you have you know, thousands of individuals that are interpreting the change of circumstance differently, where they're no longer in unified thought, where they, you know, you might have half the group that thinks this business model is still amazing, still approachable, where the other half may have suddenly subconsciously been thinking, now it's hard to sell online. Now people don't need the business model because they're back to work. Now people, people are tired of Zoom parties. So now we have, now there's fractures in the group thought that interrupts momentum. So I just wanted to like present that as when people are like, well, how can we capture momentum? And if you're not careful, I see people waiting for a circumstance to create momentum for them. Like, well, the only way we'll ever create it again is with the pandemic instead of really it's how can I create unified group thought on my team where everyone on my team believes that this is possible, that people still want this. It's lucrative and people want to buy. And I believe that the belief now is going, this is like the perfect little piggyback here. It's like the momentum now is going to be built. It's being created on a concept of sustainable success, creating sustainability. That is the bridge. That is the way forward. That is the way that we can create that unified momentum and belief again. Because, you know, the truth is is that there's some fractured thinking here. You've got that very split vision. You've got that one side That's kind of saying, you know, stay in the grind, stay in the grind, you know, you know, keep going to this, you know, don't, don't stop, you know, you know, but then there's this other side that I feel is the way forward, which is we're going to shift into creating a really solid foundation that's sustainable that therefore we can grow from. And this concept is what I am seeing creating belief, excitement, and a lot of momentum as I know in my current team, but I think it's starting to spread out, you know, even beyond you know, it's, it's, it's taking a bigger audience for sure. This is a perfect segue to that. So what happened was you had a bunch of people crushing momentum, all those things, grinding it out, you know, during the pandemic. And it's like, I don't want to remove, I want to remove shame. Like if someone's listening to that and they're thinking, oh my God, that was me. I was working 60, 70 hours a week. I don't want you to sit there and think like, there's something wrong with you. You're a greedy human or that you're a toxic person. None of that is true. What you were doing was you were just capitalizing on a time and you have a primal brain that is always thinking about your survival, always thinking about how you can provide for your family. And when we don't have our primal brain in check, it just tends to run amok. And, you know, part of our survival is we view as like financial security and financial safety. So a lot of people were working 60, 70 hours a week from a desire to create security and safety in their life. And there's nothing shameful about that. I think we need to have radical compassion on ourselves for, for that part of ourselves that is feeling unsafe that wants to make a lot of money so that you can feel safe and secure in the world so that you can provide for your family. So I want people to hear that if they're thinking like I was, because what has happened is I started talking about anti-hustle 
in 2019, because I was a product of it myself in my, in my book, I was just like, this is, you know, I burnt out so badly. And then as I was coaching individuals, I had people that like literally had it all, but their marriages was falling apart. Their mental health was falling apart there. They had so many physical symptoms. They were developing autoimmune issues, like so all because like, it's because of what I saw happening. And I was just like, okay. So I started talking about anti-hustle and the collective response to that. It, it was interesting because I was presenting that right before the pandemic and then the pandemic took off. However, there was still like a collective sigh or collective breath when people heard, oh, what do you mean? Like, I don't have to hustle. But then probably early last year, 2021 was when I stopped talking so much about anti-hustle and started talking only about sustainability. Because what I noticed was that people tied anti-hustle, like they weren't able to separate in their mind the work from the hustle. Like what is the difference between hard work and hustle? And when you feel shame for hustling and, and I do think like, and I'll take responsibility for this. I think how I first came to the market with it, I do think I was, I came maybe more judgy and like, this is the way, this is the only way. And I saw what was happening is people were starting to feel ashamed of it. And so what they ended up doing was they threw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. And they like, let go of all of the habits that created their success in the name of it being anti-hustle thinking I was wrong for working as much as I did. It's like, okay, it's not what you were doing that made you wrong. It is like, and you weren't wrong anyways. Like, again, let's view this through the lens of compassion and not shame and say like, okay, you were feeling scared. You were feeling like you were needing to capitalize. You were needing to, you weren't, we're trying to ensure your security. And because of that, you weren't resting, you weren't sleeping, you weren't taking care of your body. You weren't exercising. You weren't, you know, you had no downtime. You were working 70 hours a week. And listen, I was the person who had, I still can be the person who can have fun working 70 hours a week. It's not grueling to me. Like I am somebody that enjoys it. I love goal setting, but what ended up happening was the pendulum swung too far and people started like not working and they started, you know, looking at certain actions and they would say, well, I don't, I don't want to have to hustle. I don't want to hustle. That looks like hustle. And I'm like, well, define to me. And I started, you know, really challenging people. I'm like, define to me what hustle is. And they started saying things like sending messages, following up. And I'm like, no, this is business. This is business. What's going on here. And so what we ended up having, what I ended up having to do and why I shifted my, my, you know, language around it nearly two years ago to sustainability is I was like, no, it's not about being anti something. Let's talk about the lens of, can I do this ongoing forever and ever, and always viewing your behavior from that. And I tell people hustle is not the activity. It is who you are being in the work. It's, are you being somebody who is, who is pushy, not having great, like, um, coercing your team into working rather than encouraging them and coaching and having the hard conversations. Do you have boundaries around your work? Do you have systems? Are you, you know, budgeting your money appropriately? Are you taking time for your family and your spouse? So it's not the work. And that is like, and I think because people were so tired, they were looking for a reason to like, I just want to know I can like be done and it can come to me. <laughs> right. And it's like, but this yeah. isn't, but that's not business. You have to work. You have to, but I want to like, if people are like, well, then what is hard work? Let me tell you what is extremely hard work. Extremely hard work is you showing up every day 
And posting and following up and talking to your customers and making asks and talking about your business when you're having a hard day, when your kids are sick, when you're, when you're having a disagreement with your spouse, when you are tired, when the results aren't coming, that is hard work. Hard work is showing up when everything in your body is like, I don't feel like it. I don't want to, I'm exhausted. I'm not seeing a return for my efforts fast enough. That is hard. That is hard work, but people will kind of think like, I think people have been now here's the thing. And you've kind of seen this in mastermind where I've, where I've coached several people is, you know, they kind of threw out some of the things that were working for them because they thought it was hustle. It was like, no, 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 no. That did work for you. But now let's view those exact same actions through the lens of sustainability and then ask ourselves, are there any tweaks we need to make to that activity? that keeps you from burnout that you can prolong for long periods of time, or there might actually be things we need to eliminate and that's okay, but we don't throw it all out. So there is kind of, there is kind of a thing that's coming up right now as people got a little burned out. I think post pandemic, they're tired. They want to break and they're realizing, Oh, now the hard work starts. That's where people are at right now. They're realizing, oh, now the work begins because marketing and selling in today's landscape is different. I know for me, you know, I've been doing this work for about 10 months now. And I feel like 10 months in, I reflect back where I started in January. Okay, there we were in January, 50-50 shot of me about to walk. I've been doing this work for about 10 months. I feel like I have finally gotten my arms around how to clearly separate (laughs) this concept of hustle, meaning that it's truly those feelings, that energy of how you're operating, trying to outmaneuver, you know, your own insecurities, feelings, doubts. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm finally able to separate the energetics of this and, uh, I'm able to clearly identify what all of that really embodied. And I'll just make a really, you know, clear distinction here right now. All right. There is nothing wrong with a healthy sense of urgency. Healthy urgency is phenomenal because then you can actually work to execute something in a timely manner where you're feeling, you know, pressure and pressure applied actually produces phenomenal results. Okay. So healthy urgency is great, but, but operating in a, you know, prolonged period of scarcity, panic, you know, insecurity, you know, toxic rushing to the point where your body's, you know, not in a calm state. Also too, you know, not celebrating your wins along the way. I mean, for goodness sake, how many wins did I just have over the last, you know, how many years I've talked about this before that I never even acknowledged them, you know, and, and how those lack of acknowledging things also plays into, you know, a lot of that panic and stress you know, making this distinction is so important. Please, please, please understand that so many of the problems that we're tackling here arise from the energy in which we are working. Yes. It's who you are being in the work, not necessarily the work you are doing. And, you know, it was interesting. I think I made this comment to one of the gals in the mastermind. She was just talking about like increasing her hours and her thoughts around that. And I just said, listen to me. I said, it is hustle is not about the number of hours you work. Now, if you're working now, there are times for a sprint, even in my company, I have like, I do two, three day live events a year. And those would be considered company sprints. Like the six weeks leading up to that 
are quite intense. But knowing that I build recovery, I build yeah. recovery both for myself and my team. We have rest, we have downtime. I like disappear into a spa for like a week after a three day event because of what it takes. But that is the care that I instill into that's what helps it be sustainable is like, I want to be able to do these ongoing three day events. So there are times for sprints as long as you build recovery and downtime so that you can sprint again. So I don't want people to think I can't sprint. Yes, you can. There are, there are seasons and there are times, but are you building in rest and recovery? The other thing is with this idea of, you know, understanding hustle and, oh yeah, going back to the hours of this individual that was like, oh, you know, if I'm putting more hours, I'm afraid of hustling. And I said, listen to me. I said, if you told me you were working 40 hours a week, and being a six figure earner. And if you want to scale up to multi six figures, I don't know why people are surprised when it might actually take you the time of a full-time job. Like, I, I think we need to stop, start, stop demonizing hours being worked in network marketing. The, the reason network marketing is amazing is because it can build passive income, but what actually builds is incredibly highly leveraged income. People need to be talking about leveraged income a lot more. But the thing is, I said, listen, if you were working 40 hours a week, and you told me that you were sleeping well, you were nourishing your body, you were, you know, incorporating some movement, you were spending quality time with your children, you were going on date nights with your spouse, you were having sex and having all the good things in life. <laughs> like that. seriously, we talk about sex in the mastermind. I'm like, listen, listen, your marriage matters. This is important. And actually like hustling, actually, when you're, when you're in that like high, um, adrenaline state, constantly pumping out cortisol because your brain is in survival. You're not having sex because your body's like, we, we don't have time for that. Like women wonder why their sex drive is depleted. It's because it's their, their hormones are going crazy living off of survival. And so I told her, listen, if you were working 40 hours a week and you were to tick the boxes on all those things, I would say you weren't hustling. Good job. I'd say, great job. You're doing a good job. You should be proud. A thousand percent. You know, we got to regress to the mean. We, we have to move to the middle. You know, we were way out there on the hustle and grind, you know, to the point of just, you know, self-sacrifice and then to, you know, counter it, swung to apathy. You know, either one of these is not the answer, you know, because here's the truth. You know, you you get out there and you hustle so hard, you, you can't keep it because you can't keep that pace up. Yeah. And then and then you swing to apathy and then, you know, you lose all that amazing work that you put in the time, the energy like it. What was that all for? You know? That's why this doing this work is so important and why, you know, getting taking this new path, this is the way, gang. Like I'm just that's not a hill I'm gonna die on. <laughs> for a fact that we have so many incredible, you know, young working mamas out there who are listening to our show. And the thing that I've grown to respect the most about you, especially in our time together in the mastermind over these last few months has been watching you come alongside and coach and mentor incredibly successful women. <laughs> you know, again, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in this six and seven figure earner um, mastermind with KB. And a lot of the women in there are moms. You know, I have a lot of moms on my team. I know that I have an, a lot of mothers that listen to my show. And the thing that I've grown to just respect so much about you, Kristen, is that you've been able to offer so much tenderness when you are coaching, but there's also so much challenge 
coming alongside of this working woman and just supporting them and challenging them and more than anything, empowering them to really own this role of the working woman. And I just feel like you give so much support to young moms. And I'm not a mom myself, but you know, I spend a lot of time with moms, coaching moms and trying to understand moms. And I just know that your perspective will be so valuable here on this. And I would love, you know, with our remaining few minutes together, you know, what would you offer, you know, a mom that's working right now and, and she's coming and listening to this, what would you want to offer today? Yeah. There's so much I want to say to that. First, I think we have to work on how you identify right now while you are working your network marketing business. If you were sitting here saying, I'm a stay at home mom, I'm a stay at home mom, I'm a stay at home mom. We have to really unpack that. And it's just like, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with you being a stay at home mom, finding joy in that cherishing that, loving that. There is nothing wrong with you that desires that. However, when you're telling yourself, I'm a stay at home mom, there is a mindset that comes up there. So suddenly when you're, and you're working this network marketing business, what is happening is we're setting something up to compete or take from in your mind being a stay at home mom. So when you identify only as that way, Suddenly you're not going to make business decisions because you're going to be like, well, no, I identify as a stay at home mom. So it's more important. I, you know, sit on the floor and play with my child, than honor my agreement with myself to provide and do, you know, make money online. It's like motherhood, the, the mother, the, I'm going to call it the mom guilt will always be Trump your commitment to your work. When you, if you only identify as a stay at home mom now, when it comes to the moment, I think every mom needs to hear this. The moment you decide to make $1 online, you are no longer a stay-at-home mom. You are a work-from-home mom. And that is a wonderful thing. It does not take from you being a present mom. It does not take from you being a loving, supportive, present parent. It adds to it. it it's another layer. It adds color. It adds texture. It adds to the wholeness of you. And so many women think business takes and it, and it's, I'm choosing between my business or my family. And I would say, why, why do you feel like you have to choose? And I think like mom guilt is the ultimate trump card that our brain loves to play to pull us out of the work immediately. I'm like, it's just the brain saying like, I know what will get her out of the uncomfortable hard work of putting herself out there, being visible, potentially maybe facing rejection today, being told no for the 100th time. You know what will work is if I just introduce a little bit of mom guilt and then immediately <laughs> she's going to pull herself out of the work. So she doesn't have to experience rejection today. Doesn't have to do the hard and she gets to, and please women hear me. Like I am a mom. I have a five and a six year old. I, I started building my company when they were two and three. And I say this with so much love, but like, there are times when I believe some women can use motherhood as the martyr card to their dreams. Like they use it as the crutch of like, it's, and, and they think it's either me being a really good mom or me building a business. And they're not willing to navigate the gray of how do I do both? How can I be both? And I'll share with you for me personally, I don't experience mom guilt. It's not because I'm soulless. It is like, do I have moments of it? Yes. But I've realized, does mom guilt ever, ever serve me? When I think about it, I'm like, does mom guilt ever serve me? No, it only makes me feel like crap. 
It only makes me feel bad, beat myself up and show up in a way that I don't even like. I, I don't like the guilt. So, but for some reason, our brain thinks it serves us. Like, I think there's this psychology, like the measure, the, the amount of guilt that you feel about being a good parent is proportional or reflected by how much you love your child. The more yeah. mom guilt I have, the more evidence that is that I love my children. Well, could it be possible that you have such love for your children and that you don't also struggle with mom guilt? And for me, the reason why I don't struggle with mom guilt is because I have such strict boundaries around my work hours and my home hours. When I am with my kids, I am with my children. When I am in my business, I am in my business. And my children understand, like I educate them, like they're, they're at the age now where they're starting to grasp, like mommy does this. And we get to take these really cool trips to Disneyland. We get to go and have these really cool experiences when they were younger. Like they didn't understand that. So I just, you know, did my best to be as present as possible during those times. Um, but a lot of times moms, what they're not doing is they feel guilty, like in all avenues. I'm like, okay, what would it take for you to hire a babysitter, like a local high school student to be with your kids for one hour? It would probably cost you $15 for you to get one hour of income producing activity done so that when that's done and you get to be with your kids, but usually they're, they're too guilty. They're like, I can't spend the money. I can't trust them. Like again, it's like layered, 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 layered. I'm like, listen, your children, like, I think I said this to a mom in the mastermind. And I think you were there for that call when I said she was, she had, um, quit full-time. She had quit being a nurse and she came home and she had told herself this story. And this is a lot of moms in network marketing. They tell themselves I'm quitting my job so I can be home with my children. And then once their work starts to demand more time of them in their mind, they're like, well, now this is getting in the way of the reason why I came home. I can't be home. And then now not be with my children. It's like thinking I need to spend every waking hour with my child because that's why I left my job instead of what if it's not, you didn't come home for, to increase the quantity of time with your children, but to improve the quality of time with your children. That's great. How is it still better? And so that's what I always remind moms of. Like we tend to put too much value on quantity. Like I need to be with my kids all hours of the day. Uh, and instead of like, okay, how can I have really rich quality time with my children? And so that's something I'm intentional about. That's something my husband is intentional about. Um, and my kids know, they know about my business and real quick, just one thing I do, cause I do travel a lot. I travel and do keynotes. I travel and do a bunch of business events. I'm gone. And my kids, we built a tradition that when mom leaves town, I bring back a special stuffy for them. And oh. my daughter has so many stuffies. It's not even funny, but she <laughs> could tell you like, it's like, she's like, and this stuffy is when you went to Texas and this stuffy is when you went to Salt Lake and this stuffy is when you went to Canada. And, and then when I, sometimes when I go on my trips, I take their stuffies with me and I say, I'm okay, give me a stuffy to take on the trip. And I take pictures of their little stuffies oh on the God. trip. And my kids love it and they feel special and they know when mom comes home, they get a stuffy, they get like, they get lots of cuddles. My kids are like attached at the hip and I, but I build the time when I come home from a trip, I'm like, okay, two days alone time with my kids. They get as much snuggles as they want. And then, and I tell my team that I'm like, Hey, cancel all meetings two days after a trip. My kids need me. Mommy's going to be present. And then mommy's getting back to work. So it's just yeah. building those rhythms and that design understanding the moment you make a dollar at home, 
you are not just a stay at home mom. You are a work from home mom. And what an amazing thing. What a message, man. You guys working with Kristen these last couple of months has been just an absolute game changer for me. I know what this has done for me. And so much of, you know, when I was thinking of this episode, I just wanted you all to be able to connect to her. It's it's so crazy. I'm actually in the process of getting ready to go to Chicago. I'm going to actually, while you are listening to this episode, I will be with KB in Chicago. <laughs> How crazy is that? Um, we're so excited for this conference. I can't wait. Um, KB, for the last couple of minutes that we're together, I would love for you to be able to just share what you offer and how people can get connected to you. Yeah. So they can find me on kristenboss.com. I have several like really great pre-recorded three-day trainings I've done. Sustainable Success 1.0, 2.0, Recruit Reboot. They're all $9, really accessible. I think they're $9. They're really cheap. Very accessible training for you to watch. I also have the Social Selling Academy, which is my lifetime coaching program for network marketers who want to grow a sustainable business and do it organically in a way that feels good to them and their customers. The Purpose and Profit Mastermind is retiring. So Lindsay is closing out the last round of that. However, oh, next, next year, there is something there is something coming for people who want to lead better. And it's, I'm pretty excited. It's in development. So you're going to want to follow me at the Kristen boss. If you're not on my email list, go to kristenboss.com, get on that. And also I have a book pivot to purpose. You can find it on Amazon. It's currently, I think number 11 on work-life balance in Amazon. So it's pivot to purpose. You can find it there, your local Barnes and Noble and follow me along on social media. That's what I got. Yeah, gang, get connected to this woman. She knows what's up. And uh, thank you, Kristen, for just your impact that you've made on me and for the impact that you've made on everybody listening today. I'm so grateful for you and our time and you're doing great things. Uh, you're so welcome. I'm proud of you. <laughs> it's like, you've seen, you've seen. The I have. I, so, hey, oh I, saw, I saw you on video at the live event and you looked like you were on your deathbed. I like I, I remember asking my OBM, I'm like, is she okay? Did she have surgery? What's going on? You're like, I'm just like, on the verge of on the verge of completely walking away. And, but yep. you know what I've seen many, and it's been really fun to see all the joy and the purpose come back. Like you're, you're, you're back. You're all lit up. Oh man. Well, so much of that's because of you. Thanks lady. I, I'll catch you this week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to in it. If you are loving the show, please rate review and subscribe. Your reviews mean so much. And I appreciate you getting the message out there. Please share this podcast with someone that you know who could personally benefit from it. It means more than I can say. Thank you so much. Hold tight, you're